Is Marky Matukas here today? Marky Matukas? Marky Matukas, every, for like four or five years now, he prays on Wednesdays. And one thing he prays every week, God, if you want to change Pastor Bruce's message, change it. <laughs> Marky, God hears and he answers your prayers. Week two of making disciples of Jesus. Kind of the scripture we've been going off of is Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Jesus' assignment to all who believe in him. Go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples. Simple uh, challenge, but very challenging for us who are becoming disciples and learning to follow Jesus and experiencing uh, who we are in Christ and what our spiritual gifts are. Make also means to teach people about Jesus. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Again, it's cooperating with the power of the Holy Spirit and what God continues to do once someone receives Jesus Christ, that the power of the Holy Spirit does a deeper inner work through water baptism. And only when you are water baptized do you begin to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in changing your life. And the promise in verse 20, I'm always with you. I'll never leave you. And although we often feel abandoned and left alone by God, it's not true. We don't know everything as disciples of Jesus, but we're constantly growing as his disciples. We're constantly learning. We're constantly being adjusted at the altar and being transformed by the working of the Holy Spirit. Our key verse for today, Acts 1.8. Jesus said to his disciples, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And this is where we take a prayer answer detour. I want to talk about faith for a few minutes. Without faith, we cannot be the disciples who are making disciples that Jesus asked us to make. We cannot do it alone. But it's faith that God is the one who gives us is what's going to cause us to be able to make disciples. I have a lot of verses I'm going to throw at you. So you can write them down if you're a kind of person who wants just references. Or I love it where you just sit back and be open to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. Now faith is. Right now faith is. Right now, faith is because Jesus Christ is here by the power of his Holy Spirit, and he's now imparting to every one of us what he wants to say, truth. He's bringing strength. He's bringing encouragement, just like you went to bed last night or you ate a good meal, and now you're walking in the strength of that. Right now, because you came to this place, the Holy Spirit is downloading and imparting to you faith. He's encouraging you. He's building your faith. 
He's strengthening your faith. He's giving you a deeper understanding. Right now, the Holy Spirit, if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, the Holy Spirit is filling your spirit. He's imparting to your spirit. He's strengthening your spirit. Why? So you can hear from God. So you can recognize and understand what spiritual truth is, what your mind is trying to tell you, what the enemy is trying to tell you, what maybe your relatives are trying to tell you. The Holy Spirit is bringing faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. And we know the stories in the Bible of those elders in the, in the Old Testament times. They went through conflicting, contrary circumstances. And as they did, they began to realize that what God said truly came true despite what they faced despite the things that they went through, despite even physical pain and opposition, God continued to fulfill his word and he developed a deep faith in them because they saw God who was a God who kept his word. And that's the kind of faith that God is imparting to us, especially through his word. The first uh, scripture I want to give you now is faith pleases God. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we can quit people pleasing or doing anything, but God is pleased with our faith and our trust in him. How do we get faith? You know what? God says we can't please him without faith, but guess what? God is the one that gives us our faith so that we can please him. I love it. Talk about supplying everything that we need. Romans 12, 3. For I say, this is Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Grace. That is the ability for us to grab hold of the faith that God is putting in our heart. And it's the grace and power of the Holy Spirit that helps us use our faith, to exercise our faith, to, to step out on the faith that God is developing in our life. Satan and unbelief. Satan is a bad dude. But I felt like I had this revelation about Satan today as I was walking to church and praying. Is, is there war going on? Anywhere but here on earth? Yeah, and you know what that is? It's the atmosphere above the planet. Jesus said he saw Satan fall like lightning from the heaven. Satan has been pushed back to earth. This is where he resides. And in the, the atmosphere, in, the, in the, the heavenly just above the earth, the demonic forces interact and we understand even through daniel that when the angels come they interact in those in those four in those realms but satan has been pushed back to earth and this is his last foothold my father when he was a combat veteran fought in pacific and as they were in the the army he was in the 165th infantry division he was attached to the marines and he said as the army went through they dug foxholes and they were man for man as they walked across the island and as they penetrated and pushed the enemy back to the farthest place on the island, he was restricted. The enemy is restricted by God through Jesus Christ. Even though Jesus died on the cross, when he said it was finished, he put Satan in his place. 
so that the believers could receive the power to exercise our authority as God's army on this earth to push the enemy back. He wants to push the enemy back in your family, in your finances, in your attitude, in your witness, because you're called to be disciples. If you've asked Jesus Christ to come in your life, there's a fire burning in your spirit, and God's trying to get you up and over what the enemy's trying to do to suppress you and limit you. Satan uses unbelief. He uses our own mind without permission to restrict our faith in the operation of what God wants to do in our life. We are gifted with the Holy Spirit. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we might be like my dad talked about forward observers in the armory. There would be forward observers. Do they carry a gun? They might carry a gun, but they probably don't do much shooting. They're looking for where the enemy is in so they could call in a strike. They could call in artillery or naval bombardment off the coast that was on those, around those islands so that there could be a bombardment in strategic places. All God asks us to do is be strategic observers. And when we see something, we use prayer to call in what God wants to attack to bring down strongholds in people's lives, to break oppression and discouragement, to cause the enemy to be pushed back. We need to cause such a ruckus as Christians that the enemy is pushed back. Not be just intimidated because he's shutting us down. He's shutting us down with thoughts and feelings. He's shutting us down with fears and pains and anxieties and worries because we're no threat. But as we begin to get on the offenses because of our relationship with God, because of the word of God and our prayer and the Holy Spirit coming into our life, we become a threat. We rise against our problems. We rise against those things that uh, make us feel weak and tired. And we begin to draw on the supernatural strength that the Holy Spirit brings to us and residing. There is a huge diesel engine just waiting there and idle in us, and it's the Holy Spirit in our spirit. Satan and unbelief. Paul reveals the opposition to the disciples' gospel message. If you have just heard about the name of Jesus, you've already heard a powerful message of faith to pass on to anyone else. Because Paul wrote himself in Romans one sixteen, I think, that the gospel is the power of God to salvation. That means anytime you use the name of Jesus, it brings Jesus, God in the flesh, into your atmosphere, into your mindset, into your problems, into what you're facing. And that's the power that pushes back and changes things. That's the miraculous power. It's the gospel. It's Jesus, God in flesh, coming and resonating in our life. Excuse me, I'm not angry at you. I'm just feeling a little fire today. This verse... 2 Corinthians 4.3, we, we just skimmed over it in our Bible study yesterday, but Paul wrote this, If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds Satan, the God of this age, has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in their hearts. Everything about God, all the power of God, came through Jesus Christ. And that's where we saw the glory. Because Jesus began to change lives. And since he left and sent the Holy Spirit back, he's now in every believer who will receive him. The great power and glory of God. And he wants it to be manifested in our lives. He wants to do signs, wonders, and miracles beyond what we could even think and imagine. But the attack is against our mind. The attack against, against our feelings. It's attacking our physical bodies with pain. It's financial attack. It's, it's the, the problems with our family. It's all against our mind. Those of us who have relatives and friends that we're praying for, what does it say? It is Satan, the God of this world, has blinded the minds lest people respond to the gospel message that we're trying to bring them. 
Okay, let's start calling in our attacks. Okay, God, so-and-so, Father, I come against that darkness, that demonic lies of the enemy that's blinding the mind of this person that I love and keeping them from experience the truth about Jesus Christ so their life can be transformed as they receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. That's where we start hitting the enemy, right where he is living, in the mind. So we start praying over those people. And you say, yeah, I've been doing that. Well, keep praying. Don't give up. Keep praying. Our prayers are powerful spiritual weapons. Just like during the war, they call in those, those tomahawk missiles, and they call in you know, those new uh, planes that fly over the drones and do, do their work. We have something greater than what all the military can do now. We have the power of prayer. Our God is waiting. We don't have to do the fighting. It's the angels that will come and do the fighting. We have to be forward observers. When Jesus comes back and the whole host comes with him, are they going to fight? No. It says at the very breath of Jesus' mouth, he's going to destroy his enemies. Our abilities to fight are to stand strong in our faith, to stand strong in who Jesus Christ is, to stand strong in our prayers, and especially when doubt comes. I want all of us to get to the place when we have doubts and we're overwhelmed in our emotions to say, oh, thank you, God. You must be ready to do something incredible. It's so sorry that we see what we see, we feel what we feel, and we hear what we hear because it's contrary to faith. Faith resides in our heart. Faith is the place that resides in our spirit where Christ lives, where we were born again. That's where all the power is residing. That's where that source is. But we have this little thing up here brings conflict to us it brings doubt to us it calls us and tells us we're sinners and we're no good or it keeps us in sinful strongholds when jesus said if you receive me you are free if you went into the waters of baptism there is no there is no stronghold that can hold you in sin there's no bondage it's been done away with it says we receive the righteousness of god in jesus christ satan also is behind the spirit of the world which comes over our mind, the spirit of the world. Oh, man, I want to be, you know, some of these actors. And then what? We see actors dying of overdoses and uh, all their millions, they're hopeless and they're broken. And, and what are we aspiring to? They have it all, but it's not all. We have it all because it's Jesus Christ. It's that treasure that's hidden in this little mortal body. It's this treasure that's going to take us into eternity. It's this treasure that's going to help us set people free by telling them about Jesus. I tell you, the worst thing is happening that people right now are possibly dying and going into hell. Every seven seconds on this earth, someone's dying. Someone's dying. Are they ready to go see Jesus? Are they ready? The enemy wants to keep us blinded. He wants to keep us ignorant. He wants us to keep us focused inward, feeling powerless, feeling pain, feeling like Jesus is not there. Why? He's got us in neutral. But when we begin to rise up in our faith, we begin to do those things that the Holy Spirit wants. We begin to cooperate with God, and we bring the gospel to broken people, and we begin to see God transform lives. Marky, it's all your fault. Trust counters human understanding. Faith's opponent. Faith's opponent is our own human understanding. Fredo, I have to bring your favorite scripture. Proverbs 3.5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding. It's not going to work. God is up there. He has strategic big brain. Our brain, pea brain, tiny brain, microscopic brain, infinitely microscopic tiny pea brain. God's ways are higher. So 
when you start trying to figure out what God's going to do, say, God, forgive me. God, I don't know. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you imparted faith. Thank you that you're speaking. Thank you. I don't understand what you're doing in this situation, but I pray. I pray you would resolve this situation. I pray, Lord, you'd renew my mind. I pray in the name of Jesus that every stronghold against me will, will be broken. I pray that all that you have for me in my inheritance, I will possess. Faith through hearing. Romans 10, 17. The first scripture I said that Dory got Dory's attention. Who is this guy? <laughs> Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Are you overwhelmed by circumstances? Are you overwhelmed by prayers that don't seem to be answered? Are you overwhelmed by fear? Are you overwhelmed about your finances? Are you overwhelmed about your family? Are you overwhelmed about anything? Sit down, take in the word of God. Say, oh God, help feed my spirit. Feed my spirit. God, I need your word. I need faith. Why? Faith causes you to rise above your own understanding, your own circumstances. Faith causes you to see those circumstances just like they saw the walls of Jericho and face them again. Go around them again. Say, no, I'm not settling for this. Unless you're telling me something different, God, I am not settling for this. Die in faith. Be like those heroes of faith. Some got their promise. Some, some expected something better. Some died in faith. Whatever you're facing, die in faith, if that's your thing. Overcome. Again, it's not about you. It's about what God is going to do through you because he's already given you faith. He's deposited faith in you. And every time you take in the word of God, every time you hear the word of God, your faith is being built. What is it going to do? It's going to counter unbelief. It's going to counter human understanding. It's going to counter your boss. You know, you're timidly want to go for a raise. No, you're not going to get a raise. You're praying. You ask for a raise again, and he gets tired. He says, I'm going to give you a raise. <laughs> Faith resides in the heart. Again, again, if I wrestle with my mind, I wrestle with my emotions, I wrestle with circumstances. Romans 10, 8 through 10. The word is near you, Paul writes. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Again, the gospel message comes in. It transforms our life. And we all have started our, our journey with Jesus. We feel his love. We say, yes, I know I'm a sinner. You died on the cross for my sin. I receive you. Come into my heart. We take the step of faith. We be baptized. And then after, we don't have many feelings. We think, oh, it all stopped. No, it didn't stop. But he doesn't have to give you oozy-goosey Great feelings every moment. Why? Because he's deposited a great measure of faith. And he's saying, work with that faith. Stretch that faith. Don't go by your feelings. Don't go by your emotions. And if you get them, say, thank you, Jesus, for those tinglies. Thank you for those feelings. But, Lord, I live and I stand by faith. I walk by faith. I live by faith. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What happens? Because out of the heart, everything comes out. So what happens? I, I have this realization, wait a second. I don't have to be under this anymore because I'm a child of God. So my mouth begins to confess, no, no, you're not going to beat me up anymore. No, I'm not going to be under you anymore. You know, I, I've been really honest with our intercessors because they told me three years ago at MFI, they prophesied over me, you've got to be honest with your intercessor, intercessor what you're going through. And you know, I'm always telling you that I struggle with depression. I struggle with things. So I walk in again this week, and I tell him what I'm struggling with. I thank, I thank God for Lita. She's a woman of faith. She's always on the up. She always sees everything done, everything powerful. I'm not always up. <laughs> but I tell you, after that prayer meeting the other day, my faith began to rise up again. My faith began to soar again. 
Thank you, Mark. Thank you, prayer team. Faith to be saved. If you're here today and you're thinking, who is this crazy person? I hope the Holy Spirit is drawing you in. <laughs> Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You know how often the enemy beats us up again in our mind. Oh, you did this. Oh, you did that. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> in Romans 3.28, it's faith in what Jesus did what makes me right. Not faith in what I did in the past. Faith in what I did in the past condemns me. A man is justified by faith in Jesus Christ, not by what he's doing. Grace. I tell you, grace is the ability to grab a hold of God in every crisis and every situation. And again, when you're grabbing hold of God because you need it, you don't have to necessarily feel like he's connecting with you. Again, what, what did we just learn? My own understanding is just simply out in left field. Unless you're thinking about what kind of good lunch you're going to have. <laughs> Romans 5.2 Through Jesus Christ also we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That means even if I'm going to die in faith, my hope is I'm, I'm getting through this and when I pass through the other side, I'm going into eternity and I'm not going into eternity in any way as a second class citizen. I'm going up there and I'm going to get rewards. I'm going to get crowns. I'm going to get honor. I'm going to get glory and, and blessing. I'm going to get on my, uh, my military suit because when we come riding back on those horses with Jesus, we're coming as victors. So everything the enemy tried to shove in our face, every lie, everything he tried to do, it's going to be the laugh is going to be on him. He may be able to kill our body, but he can't kill us spiritually. We're going to live for eternity. Faith rests in the power of God. How many times we try to manipulate the word, stand on the word, confess the word, do all these things? No. Faith rests in the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 5. Your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You know, we go hear a certain speaker or something's happening here. We go try, we're always trying to grab something. No. My faith is in who is inside of me. My faith is in my relationship with God and how I'm feeding my faith and how I'm open to God and how my, my heart is open and how my understanding is being renewed by the word of God and my own personal relationship and my destiny because I'm in a relationship with God who shares spirit to spirit. I have that intuition. My conscience is working. God's leading me down the road. I'm doing what all I know how to do in, in, in my ability to receive from God. And so my faith is in the power of God that's active in my life. The power of God. God gives power in your life to activate the gifts that he's given you so you can be um, his witnesses, so you can bring the power of God into the world. That was the whole thing about Jesus leaving. There wasn't enough people. Jesus could not do it all. So he wanted a bigger strike force. He wanted a bigger representation. He wanted all kinds of people, every kind of race, every kind of attitude, every kind of personality and temperament. He wanted to equip to bring his power into a lost world. There are people you guys can minister to that no one else can minister to because you're quirky. You're peculiar. You have attitudes that are going to open doors that are going to change them and they're going to change you. Nothing is left unchanged when we are using the gospel in our life. When we are speaking the gospel, people are changed, but we're changed also. 
It's that two-edged sword. Faith is constant. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and now abides faith. It's not leaving us. Oh, no, I don't feel faith today. It hasn't left. Stand firm in your faith. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch. Keep looking around. But not necessarily with your human eyes as much as your heart. Being open to see, to be sensitive. I love it. You know, I love it. I'm not prophetic as much as my wife, but I love it when, when, I, when I'm connecting with people and there's something else God's saying. And to be able to pull someone aside and talk to them and pray with them and see what I felt, what I was, what I was acting on, see it affect a person. That's the Holy Spirit. That's Jesus being right with us. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Why would he say that? Because we're dealing with our own understanding. We're dealing with the enemy who's constantly bombarding us. He's always doing those flying over our mind. He's been using those drones from day one. They're really not new. Faith as the shield. Ephesians 6.16, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will will able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Again, where is, the, where is the attack coming? It's coming against our mind. So we need that sh- shield of faith to be able to, you know, when the thoughts come or we start feeling down, wait a second, that's my understanding. That's where the enemy's trying to fly over my mind and I can just reach out in faith and have hope. God's got this, God's got my back. You know, I, I, haven't, seen the re- I haven't seen the resolution that I'd like in the situation, but God's working on it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then you're going to have to contend. I know it's easy to contend with your kids, your wife, your girlfriend, your boss. Or if you're too coward to to contend with them, you'll contend with someone else about them. Because I do too. Philippians 127. You stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And that's what we do together. When we get, every time we gather together, we talk about what's going on in our life, we talk about the word, and we pray. We, we come to this realization that we're in this together. And when we leave, we're encouraged. I know that happens for us at our men's Bible study. The interaction of people sharing where they're at, our prayer together, we all leave strengthened and changed. Our problems might be the same, but in here, our problems look different because we've fortified, we've strengthened, we've received from each other, and we're, and we're growing. Jude 1, 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Excuse me? Those apostles were were given a great faith. But Jude is reminding us, we have to contend for it. You know, we haven't had the luxury of walking with Jesus personally, but Jesus said, blessed are those who haven't seen me, it's going to be greater for them. There's a greater grace on us than there was on those apostles because we have to live totally by faith. And so we need to stir ourselves to contend for our own faith. Why? In our faith, we are going to apprehend the promises that are ours and the crosses that are ours and how to use our gifts and abilities to make disciples of other people. So contend. I hope you... Now, you might be a really relaxed person. You're really not a fighter you're maybe one of those really soft talking persons it's okay to get angry and start contending a little bit we won't 
We won't tell on you. You know, it's okay. But you know what? We realize the enemy, Satan, he's got to be pushed back. Before he does his last-ditch effort and bringing on the Antichrist and doing his little thing, because he knows he's going down, why don't we make it really hard on him? Why don't we become a great irritation to him by contending for who we are in God and the faith that God has given us? We have the spirit of faith. Again, the spirit of faith. That's the Holy Spirit breathing, enriching, nourishing, giving a little snicker bar to our faith. 2 Corinthians 4.13, we have the same spirit of faith. As believers in this church, we are called here together. Those of you who, are, who feel like God is planning here and calling you in, you're putting your roots down. There's something God's going to do with us together in, in, in our individuality and who we are together to, to accomplish grace. Uh, excuse me? Thank you, Jesus. Are we hearing rain right now? Yeah. Did we not fast and pray and ask God to give us rain? I don't care what the politicians say. I don't care what, the, what they're all saying, and they want to ration water so they can get more money out of us. God, we need more rain. Thank you that you heard that. Thank you there was a prophetic word. You're going to cause it to rain. Thank you for the rain. Now, when we started praying, all we had was drought. We had no rain. So we, we used our faith. How did we use our faith? We prayed. Prayer is a sign that we have faith. If we didn't have faith, we wouldn't be praying. Even though our natural mind does not understand why we're praying, even though our mind is telling us, you shouldn't pray, it's not happening. The governor said it's not going to rain. The governor said we're going to have a drought. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we live by faith, not by what we see. Second Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. Jesus Christ lives in us by faith. Ephesians 3, 17 Paul's prayer for believers to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. So when we are energized in our spirit and when we get up on the inside, Christ is clearly dwelling. You know, like today, I have to say today, I feel like he's really dwelling in me today. Thank you, Mark. Comfort from faith, the faith of others. Romans 1, 11, and 12. Paul wrote, I long to see you that I might impart to you some spiritual gift. I have to say, as a spiritual leader, I mean, I didn't make myself a spiritual leader. I got drafted and called into it. My desire every week, every person I talk to, is that something spiritual and supernatural is imparted to you. Why? Because when there's an impartation of the Holy Spirit to you, you buy into it. You're a personal follower of Jesus. You're a personal disciple, and you're going to go on it. You're going to move on it. You're going to act on it. It's totally separated from me. But, but Paul, he understood his calling was, was to preach the gospel, was to tell people that there's a whole nother realm out there and it's spiritual and it's all there because of Jesus Christ. And it's powerfully there for us now because of the Holy Spirit being that, me, me, that member of the Godhead who's now on duty in the earth. So he wanted to establish a gift. Verse 12, that is that I may encourage together with you by the mutual faith, both you and me, of both you and me. And I have to say, Donna, intercessors, you encouraged me on Thursday. I felt so bad. In fact, when you were praying for me, I said, I'm never going to say what I'm struggling with again, ever, <laughs> ever. I feel like I'm such a Debbie Downer. And they're praying, oh, Lord, take away depression and everything else. I felt totally humbled. 
But I had to do that so I could experience what I just read. That Paul was encouraged by the very people he spoke to. He received encouragement because why? He's human. Leaders are human. We're deficient. We're weak. We have unbelief. We, we, we still, I deal with a misunderstanding mind just like you. And so when I see you guys come, when I hear your testimony, when I see people come to the mic, when people tell me they're growing in Christ, I'm encouraged. I know this is not just some little thing I'm doing. I've never was before this an influencer. I never was a people person. I never was anyone who anyone followed. So this has to be a work of God. <laughs> Faith is evidence. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. And Dawn, I have to thank you for this because this resonated in me this week. And since our key verse is Acts 1-8. Jesus said to the disciples, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. I really believe God is going to breathe on us in such a way we are going to have more experiences with him. Why? You're going to witness something. You've got to have something fresh. You can't just witness on a miracle that you barely even believe anymore because it's so far past. You have to have a freshness. And I tell you, if you're walking with the Holy Spirit, God will begin to give you fresh experiences with him that you give testimony to, that you tell people about. Prayer was incredible. I, I've been trying to walk every other day. Wednesday, th- Friday, I thought, you know what? I wiped my truck down. I don't want to get it rainy today. But I thought, oh, you know, it doesn't look very rainy today. I'll walk. So I stepped out in the sunshine. I have my shades on. I get right to... Kmart, and I am getting wet. <laughs> I'm right by Foster Freeze, and I pray, God, this is a, this is a big prayer. You're going to either have to get me to the church without getting too drenched. I don't want you to stop the rain or do something. I cross the street, and Mitchell picks me up. <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, may all of my prayers get answered that quickly. But the fact that, you know, prayer is so much a part of us, again, releasing our faith. This is what we need. This is what we want. I believe you're a God of miracles. I believe you're a God of answers. So I'm praying prayers. But it's so important that we have a witness. Back to Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I think you, you should start praying for evidence. God I'm going to get up again. Maybe you've been shaky for a while and in a lot of doubt and unbelief, but you're going to get up and say, okay, God, give me something. Let me recognize something. And sometimes we just have to see, open our eyes and see. Sometimes we're so blessed and the blessings are are right near us and right around us. We begin to recognize them. We begin to, we could jot them down. Oh man, this is happening. That's happening. And with that evidence, it also boosts your faith because you can recognize what Jesus is doing right in the moment for you. Evidence is a sign or proof, statements of witnesses. From the instant we receive Christ as, and faith, we begin to acquire personal evidence that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are real. Getting back to prayer for a minute, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Prayer is confidence in faith. John wrote this. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. 
Remember, every prayer is your personal expression and release of your own faith. That's the end, Mark. <laughs> Witness, Matthew twenty four fourteen. back to our PowerPoint. Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. We have a big job to do. Jesus didn't just save us for ourselves, but there's people out there again. When you, when you even think of the person that you've maybe struggled the most to forgive, would you want them suffering an eternity in hell because of Satan's deception? No, we wouldn't want our worst enemy you know, even thinking about how my dad fought in the war, he was always amazed that after the war, the nations became our friends, the ones that we fought with. It always kind of, he, he always kind of like tripped on it. Like, wow, here we are fighting and dying, and now we're friends with everybody. It just shows the spiritual dynamic that's constantly moving through every generation to create wars and hatred. But really, our enemy is that guy behind the scenes, Satan, the god of this world. And, you know, I think John 4 is an incredible story about witness. You know, Jesus goes to the woman at the well. He's tired. He's been journeying. It says he is worn out. And the disciples go to get him some food, and he's sitting there, and he asks for water. And, and the lady goes, hey, you know, you know, what's going on here? And he starts inviting her into this place of having living water. He confronts her prophetically about her sins, her lifestyle. She was in immorality. She had had five husbands, and she was currently living with her boyfriend. And, you know, Jesus confronts her. He confronts the deep need she had. She was looking for something, and no person was able to fulfill it. Jesus doesn't condemn her, but he meets her at that point of need. She had a spiritual awakening. She had a Christ encounter with Jesus, and she was changed and transformed. As you read through that whole chapter, you know, she goes off, the disciples come back and they wonder, hey, what were you doing talking to that lady? And then he's all energizing and, and he goes, well, they go, what's going on? He goes, I have food to eat that you don't know of. There was something on his face. His energy level had come to a new high and yet he hadn't eaten anything. Why? Because he got consumed in doing the will of the Father. He shared with one more person the gospel message. He made another disciple of himself that day when he talked to that lady. And so as they're talking with him and, you know, as the story goes on, we hear that she goes back to her village and she tells everyone about, about Jesus, how he prophetically knew everything about her and how she found the Savior because Jesus had confessed that he is the one, he is the Savior that, that was, they were looking for. And then they came back and they, they met Jesus and they encountered Jesus and they had a personal experience. But when they be went back and talked to the woman, they said, now we believe not because of what you said about it, because we have experienced him ourselves. And we know that what, what, he, what you said and what he said is true. I tell you, this is an infectious thing, but we got to begin to come out of where the ruts and the places that we've been stuck in. We have a powerful faith. We have a powerful message. We have God with us. So everything should begin to change in our lives in a very positive way because God is for us. The only one who is against us is Satan. And he's the one that accuses us to God. And he's the one that, that twists things and deceives us and gets us pointing our finger at God. God is our help. God did what he could do to get our will back. The whole world was going Satan's way. Dead spiritually and lost. But Jesus died on the cross so that we could have 
a relationship with God so we could get our will back and make the right choices to live right, to live for God, to surrender our life to Him that we might live as overcomers and victors. It's a pretty big thing. When you think of it, wow, God, things were so given over to Satan when Adam and Eve fell. When they gave that a spiritual authority that you had given them in the garden and they gave it away, it was a big deal to get it back. And wow, that was the only way you could give back that authority is to die on a cross. Wow, I don't understand it, God, but thank you for doing it. Thank you for all the more reason we should get up, all the more reason we should sell out to Jesus in every way because there's so much more to be gained. And when we think about eternity, when we think about forever and ever, 60 or 70 years is fast. Those of you who are young people, I tell you, I'm going to be 62 this year. And I tell you, I have to say the last 30 years have gone faster than the first 30. Our life is a vapor and it's quickly going. It's quickly speeding out. And if Satan can keep you angry at God or upset about your circumstances, just begin to pour out your anger to God. Begin to submit your disappointments to God and watch what God will do. Will you stand? I think I wanted us to do like a little, a little interaction today, a little prayer interaction with God. I think there's so often that we, um, we don't understand things that we're going through. We don't understand prayers that are not answered. But I tell you, nothing is impossible to him who believes. And all we keep doing is shooting out our prayers of faith. But this morning, I want you to just surrender whatever you're struggling with. Maybe it's a physical condition. Maybe it's a relationship thing. Maybe it's pain in your body. Maybe it's chronic pain. Maybe it's a hurt. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's something you've never been able to get over. Why don't we just surrender it to Jesus? And you could just, just hear your voice, just so you can hear your voice. Let it be said. Maybe, you know, you've blown it in your family's eyes. And, you know, you make one mistake and they want to lord it over you. I tell you, surrender that today. Because if you're here, your household is under you. Because your household, God wants to save. The, the enemy may use those things that you've done to blind their eyes to God and to you. But let's pray the lies off today. Let's pray that our household is saved. Let's pray that those mistakes that we've made will no longer be held against us, but God will move in spite of everything and we will rise to that place of our spiritual authority. So let's just pray, whatever it is. Lord, we give you right now. Lord, we give you sickness. We give you financial problems. Lord, we give you unbelief. We give you doubt. Lord, we give you, Lord, uh, just uh, oppression and depression. We give you, Lord, discouragement. We give you the unbelief and the heaviness, Lord, that this life gets thrown out. We give you the negative news that we're bombarded with. Lord, we surrender our mind to you, Lord, that needs to be washed and refreshed and renewed by your Holy Spirit. Deliver us from the spirit of this world that bombards us with every news broadcast, everything that we see on TV, every advertisement. God, release us from immorality. God, release us from pornography. God, release us, Lord, from oppression. God, release us from the darkness of this world. God, I pray that you'd help your people get up today. Lord, cause them to get up. Lord, take these things. Take these things that people are saying to you, Lord. God, receive them, Lord. Take them off of people. Let bondages be broken off. Let mindsets change, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would just download just a freshness to our faith. I pray you'd energize our faith, Lord, in any place our, our faith has been wavering. Any place our faith has been flickering, we just pray right now that you'd breathe on it. 
that you instill in it. Lord, anything in our old nature, in our flesh, that's going after something that we know is not quite right, and we've got you just not quite on the throne, God, we want to give it to you because we can't even get that right. You know the distractions of this world. You know the distractions that try to steal our, our heart and our love for you. We ask you to take it right now in Jesus' name. Thank you.